Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. It's good to be with you. I want to uh, start. We'll share the word of God. Our scripture this morning comes from John 1, verses 14 through 18. Hear the word of the Lord. And the word of God became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He comes after me. He who comes after me ranks ahead of me because he was before me. From his fullness we receive, we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God the only Son who is close to the Father's heart who has made him known. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Holy and gracious Lord, we pray that as we hear your word proclaimed even now, that you would be filling us with your Holy Spirit so that our hearts and our minds would be open to receive what you have for us this day, whether it be a word of encouragement or a word of correction, whether it be a word of comfort or a word that brings us to our knees. God, we come before you now and pray you would have your way with us. And Lord, I pray now that you would take these words of mine and turn them from water into wine because, God, we know that you take the simple things of this world and do miracles with them. So will you do it here with us this day? We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So I would actually like to read to you that passage of Scripture again from a different translation, the Passion Translation. And So maybe you just want to close your eyes or just listen for the things that just help to describe what we have already heard. Starting at verse 14. And so the living expression became a man and lived among us. And we gazed upon the splendor of his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, overflowing with tender mercy and truth. John taught the truth about him when he announced to the people, he's the one, set your hearts on him. I told you he would come after me even though he ranks far above me. For he existed before I was even born. And now out of his fullness we are fulfilled. And from him we are receiving grace heaped upon more grace. Moses gave us the law, but Jesus, the anointed one, unveils truth wrapped in tender mercy. No one has ever gazed upon the fullness of God's splendor except the uniquely beloved Son, who is cherished by the Father and held close to his heart. Now he has unfolded to us the full explanation of who God truly is. Recently, uh, it's probably been several weeks now, um, my mom has a shirt that says grace upon grace, John 1, 16. And, and I have not been able to get that out of my head. It's been weeks, grace upon grace. It's just been repeating over and over again. And so I 
thought, well, maybe God's trying to tell me something. Maybe there's a word that needs to be shared, grace upon grace. Here in the Gospel of John, the fourth in order and the order of the Gospels found in the New Testament of our Bible, this text, this Gospel, this text that is the teaching of and the record of Jesus' life, we have this illustration of how Jesus came to be in the world that is unlike the other three Gospels. In the other Gospels, we hear of angels appearing to a young girl and declaring God's plan that she would be with child and that this one would be Savior of all. But here in John's Gospel, can you imagine if, if you didn't know that story of Jesus' birth or hadn't read the other Gospels, if this was it, if this is what you knew, here in John's Gospel, we hear nothing of parents or an entry into the world as a crying baby. Instead, we hear of the Word, the living expression of God, becoming flesh, becoming man, and living among us, pitching a tent, moving into the neighborhood full of grace and truth, coming from the Father, overflowing with tender mercy and truth. From his fullness, then, of all that he is, we are fulfilled. And from him, we receive grace heaped upon more grace. How does that sound to you? What do you think? I like that life. I want that life. That life of fullness, of grace and truth, of, of tender mercy, grace upon grace, heaped upon more grace. Because I will tell you that I am tired right now. I am tired of all that is happening in our world. I am weary of hearing more things on the news that just play over and over again. And I am, I am overwhelmed by the news of this life. If I hear any more about these elections, I am overwhelmed. If I hear any more about the deficit, come on. I am, I am tired of hearing about coronavirus. I am, I am tired of hearing about systemic injustice that prevents people from basic civil liberties. I am tired of hearing another person diagnosed with cancer. I am tired of hearing of another diagnosed with Parkinson's or MS. Listen, I am tired of broken hips. Folks, I don't know how many of you know how many broken hips within our congregation in the last several weeks. No more. No more. No more. I'm tired I am tired of hearing news of people within our, within our community, of, of a family who just, after suffering three miscarriages, had a child, and that three-year-old just died. Why? I am tired. I am tired of hearing these things, knowing that this is the, the brokenness that we live in. I am tired 
of the conflict that is attacking the very nature of who we are as a society and this conflict that is even attacking who we are as followers of Christ. Yet, there is this grace. This grace heaped upon more grace that is ours. And I long for that grace to be made known in all the earth. Grace is something that was really important for John Wesley. John Wesley, you know, one of the people that founded our Methodist church. <laughs> I'll probably talk, I, I mentioned him last week in my sermon, I'll probably talk about him more. I've got lots of writing I'm doing, so I'll be doing more about John Wesley, I'm sure. But grace, what is grace? Grace is the undeserved, unmerited, loving action of God in human existence through, through Jesus Christ and the ever-present Holy Spirit among us. A United Methodist Bishop, Will Willimon, he describes grace this way. The power of God working in you to give you a transformed life. I like that. I want that. John Wesley talks about how we experience grace in, in, in a couple different ways. He talks about, well, the big words are like are prevenient, justifying, and sanctifying. But let's get real. There's this grace that prepares us, a grace that before we even know God, that God is preparing, preparing our hearts and our minds to be able to hear his call into relationship with him. Where God loves us so much that God seeks us out, this grace, this preparing grace comes before we even know or love God. In, in Romans 5, 8, it says, but God shows his love for us because while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That preparing grace, we didn't even know he existed. And Christ died for us before we even knew that there was something wrong in our lives. And then, then there's this justifying, redeeming grace this is when we realize that there is nothing we can do to make us justified in the presence of God. And we accept that, that it is only through Jesus, through the life and grace of Jesus, that we are forgiven and able to be presented just before God. Ephesians 2.8 says, You are saved by God's grace because of your faith. We don't deserve it. We've not earned it. We recognize our sin. We repent. And we are made right with God. And a right relationship is restored. And from that very moment, from that very moment of, of that redeeming grace in our lives, there is this continual continual grace that shapes us, that allows us to grow in the image of Christ in, in United Methodist terms, it's going on to perfection. We're not, we're not perfect. Just because we know God and because we have, 
we have this Savior in Jesus Christ doesn't mean that we're perfect. But we know that there is this grace that calls us continually towards working towards perfection. That we would continually be, be, be made in the image of God. Grace, this, this continuing grace that shapes us by which God makes us holy in heart and life. John Wesley taught that by God's grace, we would stop sinning intentionally when made perfect in both our love of God and neighbor. That's not an easy thing. Perfect in love of God and neighbor. We don't wish to harm those relationships. And yet that is the very reason that we need that, that sanctifying, that continuing grace in our lives as we continually work to grow and be shaped in that way. Here in this text in, in John 1, verse 17, talks about how the law came through Moses, but Jesus brought grace and love. That, that Jesus had said a couple of times, right, that we can find there in the Gospels anyways, that, that listen, yes, the law is important, but there are two things that are more important than everything you find in the law. The first one is that you would love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, that everything you do would be in love of God. If you did nothing else with your life, love God. But above anything else, the second thing is that you would love your neighbor as yourself. That you would love your neighbor. And he knew that the, that the neighbor that he was calling you to love might not look like you, might not think like you, might not vote like you. But he knew that he needed you to love your neighbor. To love. Those are the things that we're called to above anything and everything else. In, uh, in John Wesley's uh, preface uh, to the notes on the New Testament, he's quoted as saying this. Would to God that all the party names and unscriptural phrases and forms which have divided the Christian world were forgot. And that we might all agree to sit down together as humble, loving disciples at the feet of our common master. To hear his word, to imbibe his spirit, and to transcribe his life in our own. This is the life that I want. I want this life of fullness, of grace and truth, of, of tender mercy and truth, of grace upon grace. This grace that is heaped upon more grace a life that sees the brokenness and disease, that sees the conflict and the strife and says, here, let me heap some grace into, this, into these places. Let me heap grace into this situation and let me heap some grace into this discussion. Let me walk arm in arm with those who also know this life of love with humility and grace and sit down together as disciples at the feet of our common master to hear his words, to imbibe his spirit, to transcribe his life into our own. I do not wish to 
harm my relationship with God. In fact, I want it to strengthen it. I, I want this continuing grace that continues to shape who I am. And, and so I want to take serious that it's not just being here for an hour on a Sunday or on a Saturday or whenever it is that I'm going to take take time to work on this relationship with God. No, I'm going to be present. I'm going to be intentional about reading his word, being people of the word. Because it's in the word that we're confronted with with the things that, that might really need some attention in our lives. Because it's there in his word that we might hear that, um, that we've been arguing in a way that really isn't honoring God. Or that maybe we've been saying things that just don't really speak to who God is and who God calls us to be. And maybe there's something in God's word that convicts us that we need to offer forgiveness where we've held someone to a standard that they were not aware we were holding them to. Our relationship with God can be very easy if we're willing to spend time with him. There is so much there in God's word as we know God, as we hear from him, as we talk to him as we talk through the scriptures, as we pray through them, that tells us exactly how to love our neighbors. It tells us exactly how we can care for those around us. Yes, as followers of Jesus, we are called to humbly share this love and grace. How are we called to do it? Well, There's a few places that I'll just highlight real quick. In Colossians chapter 3, around verse 12, it says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, that's us, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other. Especially in this time of conflict, bear with each other other forgive one another if there's any grievance that anyone has against someone forgive as the lord forgave and over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity and let the peace of christ rule in your hearts as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful philippians 2 Starting in verse 2 says, Paul says, Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you looking to the interests of the others. In, the, in your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Well, what was that? Well, while Jesus, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. 
we're not supposed to be using our knowledge and relationship with God as something to use against people. But taking that same mindset of Christ Jesus, humbling ourselves, humbling ourselves, and then living with grace, humility. Romans 12, 21 also. It says, do not over, be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I shared a whole list of things that I was tired of, that I'm just feeling done with. But we are to overcome with good. We are to overcome the frustration. We are to overcome the wearisome. We are to overcome the brokenness and the evil of this world with good. And how do we do that? We do that with grace and love and humility. This is who we are. This is what we're called to do. This is the job that is before us. That in the midst of conflict, we are to love with humility and grace. To be kind even when we know we disagree. I don't know if you, uh, for those of you who have been driving around the church or maybe you saw it coming in, we've got some signs up around the church right now. <clears throat> Hashtag love your neighbor. Just these nice little yarn signs, right? Aren't they nice? Hashtag love your neighbor. We're inviting you to take a yard sign. There's some right back there. We can get you on. Stop on by the church. We got some. Maybe you already have a few signs in your yard, and that's all right. Put this one right next to them, because that's, that's what it means, right, that we are loving our neighbor. Not only is this a reminder, then, of who we are for people to see, but it's a reminder to us, too. We need to love our neighbors. We need to love. We need to love with humility and grace. We have been blessed with more grace than we know what to do with. But actually, we do know what to do with this grace. We do. We know that we are to give that grace. We are to share that grace in the places that need it the most. And it's not, it's not up to you to convince or, or change someone's mind or to shove Jesus in their face. It is up to you to live that grace, to live that love, to live that humility. Because God is already preparing the hearts of those who, who will receive him. God is already doing that. But we have to be faithful in loving our neighbors and showering them with that grace and love. Because what you show them may be the very moment that their hearts say, I want that too. You heard at the beginning Right, Joe and Courtney were talking about how they had some things going on in their lives that were hard. And, and there were friends that were loving them 
and sharing grace with them. And when they were ready, ushered them into deeper relationship with God. Friends, that is what we're called to. That is who we are. So let us be faithful in the calling that God has given us. That as we have received grace, heaped upon more grace in our lives, pour that grace into those places around you. To the glory of God. Amen.